Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to The Shit Show. Oh, hi. I'm sorry. I didn't see you there. That's totally awkward random. Kia ora, everyone. Welcome back to the new and improved shit show. New and improved because I'm in a studio and because Squish is just going to try really hard. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I've improved anything. Oh, my God, no. We, we can't have you starting off the podcast like that. Oh, I've fixed everything. It's so perfect now. Yeah? It's everything's so perfect. I've pulled Nick away from okay. This was going to be new and improved, and now I've decided to mention cricket right up the front of an episode. Really quickly, I think Squish has been up for a long time watching some cricket. I don't want to hear about it, but oh, that's that's half my content down the shitter then. So thanks. No, a lot. no, delete, delete, no, delete. no. I, I actually commented on our script one time or our vibe sheet as we were just calling vibe it vibe guide. Vibe guide, no more sports. No more sports unless it's F1 because we just had a bit too much cricket for a few weeks. Anyway. New Zealand anyway, just New Zealand just bef- lost against India in the semi-final. Oh. It's good that it finished before 6am it's been re-record because um, otherwise I'd be late. And, and that's- you, you can't be late anymore because pay- I've got one hour studio time. So thankfully the cricket stopped. Anyway, I'm sick of talking about the cricket already i do have something to ask of everyone squish do you know what i'm gonna ask damn lucy i thought i was gonna try to think of something funny oh (laughs) money (laughs) but first coffee no um i'm gonna ask please no 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 um i'm gonna ask if you can please 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 take a second to go in the app that you're listening to this in it'll be one of Two or maybe three. I'm not sh- not sure where you listen, but wherever you listen, leave us a review or or a rating if you're into it. Uh, it really helps us. I feel like maybe we didn't deserve it for a few months there because we were recording from under sheets and it wasn't sounding that good. But now we're in a studio and we definitely deserve it again. So we definitely please. deserve it again. Definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely, especially. Based on Nick's weirdest thing that he saw on the internet this week. Oh, what a segue. Um, yeah, we deserve it because a lion escaped from a circus near Rome. Put <laughs> him. Yeah. Um, so that's basically the gist of it. Um, how the hell do you pronounce that? Lettuce which must be a <laughs> suburb. Lettuce which must be a suburb in Rome. Um the mayor there, Alessandro Grando, urged maximum, maximum caution, um, stating 
circus employees are working with police support on a capture operation. Please exercise utmost caution and avoid to travel until further notice. Um, so there's a video shot from a police helicopter and it sort of shows like an infrared camera. Like it's like a police chase video, you know, when they like get the, get the helicopter <laughs> yes. off and they have the infrared and it shows like the crims running across the field with the police chasing them. It's yes. like that, but with a lion, a lion named Kimber. I do have to say, I can't believe you've not made one Madagascar joke yet. Well, I'm not making. I'm not singing. I like to move it, move it, or anything like that. Like singing's banned on the podcast. But come on, we have an escaped lion. Surely there is a hippo somewhere. Does a hippo escape in Madagascar? Yeah, there's like a there's a giraffe floating around somewhere. <laughs> Melman, <laughs> Melman. Anyway, back to the important King shit. Julian. It's quite okay, yeah. yes, King Julian. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> Sorry. It's quite bizarre because there's like videos of just this lion trotting down the street in Rome. Like, and do they just not know what to do, how to capture it? Well, I mean, they did capture it eventually. It involved Italy's state police, local police, the military police force, and local volunteers. What the fuck are the volunteers doing? Oh, yeah, like, sorry, sorry. They just wanted to do it for the plot, and fair right. enough. Filippo, you go over there and distract him, and we're going <laughs> to... Yes, whoever has the freshest meat. Okay, that kind of sounded weird. Um, anyway, Nick, how do you always find a strange animal story? They come to me mostly. I don't search them. Yeah. They just come to me. I feel like they actually do because you always have one. Speaking of strange animals. <laughs> Travis Kelsey or the squirrel? <laughs> <laughs> I just gave a squirrel. <laughs> So, everyone, my weirdest thing, hate to do a culture vulture shit show crossover, but... Doshi hates is, to do um, it. I hate to do it, but this is about Travis Kelsey. Honestly, my weirdest thing is just Travis Kelsey's tweets that have been showing up um, today on all over my Twitter feed. Travis Kelsey, we all know, is Taylor Swift's boyfriend. Um, good for them. I'm obsessed with them. I love them. Anyway, Nick, he was using Twitter in the same way that we probably were in 2010, 2011, just posting all our unhinged thoughts. Mm. Um, I think he was about 21 when these were all tweeted. So the first. He was 21 when he was tweeting these? I think so. Oh, yeah. Um. <laughs> no. Okay. I, I haven't actually fact checked that. But I saw another tweet being like, did you guys not say stupid stuff when you were 21? Okay, now it seems like he's too old. Anyway, I'm going to read you some of these tweets. I just gave a squirrel, spelt S-Q-U-I-R-L-E, now. Which isn't how you spell it. No. Um, a piece of bread and it straight up smashed all of it. I had no idea they ate bread like that. Ha ha, hashtag crazy. And then. He also spelt bread wrong. I mean, piece wrong. <laughs> oh, he did. I before E. Um. Another one, up at Olive Garden with Papa, had to grab the fettuccine with the chicken Alfredo, hashtag schmackin, spelt <laughs> schmackin, and then... Schmackin with an H. <laughs> went from class to therapy, now I need some hashtag, some hashtag chipotle, because he spelled chipotle, chipotle chip- wrong, no, he spelled it wrong, <laughs> he spelled it chip-o-l-t-e, or is that, no, he spelled it, it wrong. It is chipotle, yeah. Chipotle. And then I'm off to check out my new apartment. So at least he's in therapy. I feel like Taylor Swift has been looking for a therapized man. Um, well, he he wasn't 2011. Um, <laughs> I saw a, a tweet of a collection of um, maybe 
seven or eight Travis Kelsey tweets, all with the same hashtag Chipotle, all oh. <laughs> like ranging from like a couple of years. So he used hashtag Chipotle maybe <laughs> six or seven or eight times over a, a, a range of years. So he's really committed to the incorrect bit maybe he was looking for a Mm. brand deal and they never gave it to him because they were like babe you can't even advertise us correctly you can't even spell us can't even spell us so you definitely can't sell us um moving along to hot girl headlines (laughs) so everybody you can't you can't see this but lucy's in the studio just on a swinging chair just swinging back and forth waving her hand around in the air (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she went from sitting on the floor, sweating her ass off, to just to just ultimate relaxo mode. Can that chair recline, Luce? Because if you if it can, you should probably do that. It kind of looks like I am reclined. And Ruby will be like, yeah, I know she's fucking swinging on it because I can hear her coming in and out of mic, of the mic. Um, okay, let me sit up because I probably am actually making it sound. Take bad. it seriously. This is the best podcast in the world again. And yes, you and need you're to, all going to You need to not be way. just relaxing. I can't be relaxing because it's number one. Um, Squish, the first hot girl headline we've got is actually yours, but I fleshed it out a little bit because I didn't know if you had, but the Simpsons producer assures fans Homer won't stop choking Bart. That is from Complex. Uh, Squish, did you want to talk about this? Do you want me to? Yeah, well, first of all, just to address the allegations, um, I wasn't totally sure how this hot girl headline thing works, so I just found a headline I really liked and put it in there. I didn't know we had to talk about it. No, that's great. Um, <laughs> um, you've actually been doing this for about three weeks. I zone out. I'm going to talk about this. A recent Simpsons episode, McMansion and Wife, included a joke from Homer about how strangling the boy has paid off when it comes to the strength of his grip. So in this episode, Homer jokes that he doesn't strangle Bart anymore because times have changed. And then people online were like, oh, my God, and all these headlines were saying, Homer is not going to strangle Bart anymore in The Simpsons. And James L. Brooks, who, Squish, do you remember on, like, the Treehouse of Horror episodes where they'd change his name to James Hal Brooks? Mm-hmm. Iconic. Those episodes were iconic. Anyway, he's one of the show's long-running producers, and he said, don't think for a second we're changing anything. Nothing's getting tamed. Nothing, nothing, nothing. He'll continue to be strangled if you want to use that awful term for it. So don't worry, everyone. Bart is going to continue to be strangled. Good. Go work, go broke. Oh, God. Go work, go broke. Enough of that. Um, Speaking of an industry that might go broke, Europe's beer industry. Um, This is an article from The Guardian saying, headlined, climate crisis will make Europe's beer cost more and more and taste worse, say scientists. So, Squish, the climate has come for whiskey. It's made the price of whiskey higher. It's come for wine. And now beer is being affected by climate change. The quantity and quality of hops, Squish, which you know are a key ingredient in most beers, is being affected by global heating, according to a study by some scientists. As a result, beer may become more expensive and manufacturers will have to adapt have to adapt their brewing methods because... It's going to taste worse if the hops get finged. That's literally a hot girl headline. Next headline, Adam Johnson, manslaughter arrest made over death of ice hockey player. That's from Sky Sport. Squish, do you remember a few weeks ago when um, the news broke that Adam Johnson, who, as we just said, is an ice hockey player, he was injured when his neck was cut by a skate during an ice hockey match and he actually ended up dying. Did you hear about that? 
Mm, yeah, the- well, a man has since been arrested on suspicion of manslaughter in this case after it's been looked into a bit further. We actually don't know much more than that someone has been arrested. Members of the public are urged to refrain from comment and speculation, which could hinder the investigation. But I just thought that was um, a really sad sort of update to an already really fucking sad story. Mm. And then the last headline that I wanted to talk about, which is still a developing story, but the information that I got is both from AP News and Al Jazeera on it. And Squish, I'm wondering if you've heard about this today. Earlier in the morning, it was reported that Israeli tanks had entered the medical compound of Gaza's Shifa Hospital and that soldiers had entered the buildings, um, including the emergency and the surgery departments, which house the intensive care units. So there are about 3,000 people inside this hospital. It's a really big hospital that people have been going to for safety and also for the medical need uh, and also for their medical needs. Um, But Squish, Israeli soldiers have gone in there because they claim that Hamas uses hospitals as a cover for their fighters. And so, yeah, the soldiers have gone in there. We don't know that much. There's a bunch of different reporting about what they've actually done inside the hospital. But at the moment, they are interrogating the staff, the doctors. There's been alleged violence. I can't corroborate it, but um, they're still in the hospital as we are talking about the story. Also, just an update on what's happening in Gaza right now. Over, and these are already outdated stats because every day it gets fucking worse, but more than 11,000 Palestinians, um, two-thirds of them, women and minors, have been killed since um, since the violence begun. This is, I got these stats from Al Jazeera. And Squish, as I'm sure you've been following, the violence has just continued, if not gotten worse. The least you can do is show up to these protests, contact whoever represents you politically. There's lots of resources online for like templates that you can use if you're not sure what to say. Um, there's phone numbers online. We'll link in the show notes a bunch of places that you can go to continue getting your information. But the violence is ongoing and we will keep you in the loop in the best way that we can. But I'd encourage you to go and follow some people on the ground. Again, we have a list on shit you should care about that you can go and read because that is where the most important information is really. Also, interestingly, I have been looking on snap maps and like going into spots and seeing first, like literal firsthand, which I know this seems dystopian, but like first-hand differences in the different um, areas. Like if you're wanting to try and understand it or see it, go and have a look on Snap Maps. Interesting, Snap Maps. Yeah, I know. It's so interesting. It's like this weird, feels very dystopian, um, but it's kind of as close as you can get. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Speaking of hot girl headlines, um, something hot but not in the, like, good hot way is kind of happening in Iceland or might be happening in Iceland. What's going on there? Yeah, some potentially very hot stuff in a very cold place. So you might have seen a bit of this floating around. Icelandic authorities have declared a state of emergency. Now, this is actually going to be really hard for me because there's a lot of Icelandic words and I'm not very good at pronouncing them. So bear with me. Uh, They've declared a state of emergency and evacuated the town of Grindavik, home to around 4,000 people after a series of hundreds of earthquakes were detected earlier this week. So a seismic activity like this tends to signal an increased likelihood of a volcano erupting. Um, specifically, this one is in the country's southwestern Rikinese Peninsula. Um, so as we know, Lucy, being from New Zealand, which is very shaky and very volcano-y, it's hard to predict when things like this can happen. So the Icelandic Meteorological Office stated that while it's not possible to predict when and where magma would reach the surface, um, the likelihood of a volcanic eruption in the near future is considered considerable. An aviation alert was raised to orange due to the, due to the potential risk to aviation if ash spewed out into the sky. Um, that would affect aircraft. So do you remember in 2010 there was a big volcano in Iceland? It's got a really long name and I'm not even <sighs> going to try. No. Maybe... Maybe Ruby can go to one of those YouTube um, pronunciation things. Just insert it in. When I say, just like the volcano did in 2010. So she can pop that in there. And it all sounds seamless, I bet. So I don't know if you remember that in 2010. I remember it quite distinctly because it was during um, the Ardennes Classics, which is a, a series of bike races in like late April. And all of the flights got cancelled, so the bike riders couldn't reach there. Apparently it caused chaos in Europe, um, because the planes couldn't fly through the ash because it would fuck up the engines, yeah. for lack of a technical term. But I was mainly focused on uh, the bike racing, but there was probably wider-reaching uh, consequences than just that. Um, so if that happened again, it would be a pretty big deal. Fuck. I have been seeing this all over TikTok, or I've been seeing big um, gaping cracks in the road. From the yeah, so there's basically a giant crack that goes through this town of Grindavik, um, and it's like steaming and stuff. It's like if that's your town, it's not actually that reassuring. Having a giant crack, a drunk steaming crack, goes right through the middle of it. Well, they've all been evacuated. That's crazy that the whole town is like just indefinitely. Is it indefinite? They've just yeah. So the evacuation orders were were not classified as an emergency evacuation. Okay. Um, so they didn't have to like leave immediately, but residents were advised to leave within like two or three hours. Um, and I think they are allowed to go back, but they're like strongly, strongly uh, yeah uh, advised against it um, at this point. But that can change quite quickly if um, any more activity happens. So the Icelandic Weather Service says that the scientists are regularly interpreting data and updating hazard assessments. So there's been like tons of scientists flying and like setting up little seismographs all over the peninsula. So the magma under the region has approached the surface in recent days, reducing from, and I don't know how they know this, but scientists are pretty clever these days. So it's reduced from three miles underground to about one mile on Saturday, which still seems like quite a long way away, but it's also boiling hot um, rocks. So even if it's a mile away, yeah. Also, you saying 
reducing from over three miles makes you sound like the risk is reducing, but no, it's gone yeah. from three miles away to one mile away, which actually means it's closer. Yeah, reduced in distance, I guess, is the vertically. So obviously Iceland has a long history of uh, of this sort of stuff. It's, it's very similar to New Zealand in the sense that it sits two, sits on two tectonic plates and just things like that just highlight the vulnerability to to the country's eruptions. Kind of concerning, there's been a lot of eruptions around like the Ring of Fire lately. There was one in Mexico, there's one in Japan. Not to freak you all out. Yeah, you're probably safe. You're not in the Ring of Fire anymore, but you know, I'm sitting here right on it basically, so... Did most of my research a couple of days ago, so it's been a little bit quiet recently, but I think the, the threat level is still high, you know. Squish, on a little bit of a different note, still sad, um, but for a different reason, did you hear that Omegle is shutting down? Yeah, it was quite a, um, a nostalgic little moment, I guess. Not, I haven't used probably Omegle in, I don't know, like a decade and a half. Yeah. I mean, I'm the same, but the like goodbye note or the farewell that the – founder of Omegle wrote was actually quite profound. Anyway, if you're not sure what Omegle is or was, I should say, it was basically a video chat service where you could get online. I think it used to be like chat online and meet new friends or something like that used to be the tagline. Mm. I remember seeing it. Um, It's actually Omegle was how I learnt that there was an on-screen keyboard on your desktop computer because when we were like in year eight, Ruby and I were um, on Omegle and we were on our desktop computer and mum and dad's bedroom was just down the hall. And honestly, because on Omegle you see a lot of things that you don't want to see, including private parts of creepy, gross men. And every time we'd see one of them, we would shriek and then obviously at some stage, mum was like, what the fuck are these girls do- doing? She came out and she caught us on Omegle and then she confiscated the keyboard. She like uh, took it into her bedroom and I was like, don't worry, Ruby. I, I'm sure like there's an on-screen keyboard on here somewhere. And so we just used the keyboard on the screen because mum didn't take the mouse and kept going on Omegle. Yeah, that's a um, massive, massive own goal from Rhonda. She should have taken the mouse. She should have taken the mouse. But anyway... As you just said, Squish, basically any kid that grew up in the 2010s would have a similar story to that or something weird and fucked up that happened to them on Omegle. Or I um, I don't know if they were lies or I don't know if there'd be articles about this. I probably should have looked it up. But people coming across celebrities on Omegle, like, you know, because you just get paired mm. with a random person. And, and, like, there was millions of people using this in its, in its heyday. Um, but then... We all sort of grew up and we moved to new places where we could chat to our friends and meet new friends. Like apps started popping up, like or social media, I should say, started popping up. So I guess we no longer felt the need to use Omegle. Um, but it did find itself in a lot of hot water a lot of the time because of the predatory nature of anonymous chatting and anonymous video chatting and some of the disgusting things that happened on there. And so in his goodbye message, the founder wrote about how he started Omega when he was 18. He himself had been sexually abused and he really saw the internet as a force for good and he wanted to meet people online and know that he was safe 
talking to them. They couldn't reach through and touch him. Like it was meant to be sort of a safe space, much like anyone that was an optimist about the internet back then sort of saw it as, I guess. Um, But bad things started happening on this platform and then I think he just continued. Like, did I say he was 18 when he started this? That's a crazy young age to be yeah, building it. And anyway, he wrote this really long piece, which we'll link in the show notes, and it's actually quite sad and sad for the state of the internet really. Yeah, it it really is. I I I did go through and read it and it's Yeah. Kind of again, nostalgic in a way for an internet that doesn't exist like that anymore. No. And so this is, I'm just going to read you one paragraph from it. Unfortunately, what is right doesn't always prevail. As much as I wish circumstances were different, the stress and expense of this fight, and when he's talking about this fight, I think it's the constant legal issues Omegle is in for what users are doing on its platform. And he did say in the piece that he's really proud that Omegle has put a lot of people behind bars. Like Omegle has helped um, in fucking yeah putting predators behind bars but anyway he says the stress and expense of this fight coupled with the existing stress and expense of operating omegle and fighting its misuse are simply too much operating omegle is no longer sustainable financially nor psychologically frankly i don't want to have, i don't want to have a heart attack in my 30s the battle for omegle has been lost but the war against the internet rages on virtually every online communication service has been subject to the same kinds of attack as omegle and while some of them are much larger companies with much greater resources they all have their breaking point somewhere i worry that unless the tide turns soon the internet i fell in love with may cease to exist and in its place we will have something closer to a souped up version of tv focused largely on passive consumption with much less opportunity for active participation and genuine human connection. I agree with that. I think that is such an interesting last sentence to say that the internet is becoming something that we use to passively consume rather than interact with and in, and it's making us all, like, probably more lonely than, like, connected, I would say. And it's also, yeah, it's just unsafe. So anyway... Um, Omegle has been shut down. It's I un, I totally understand the reasoning why. To be honest, I can't imagine it, the weight on your conscience, like you said, psychologically or financially, having to constantly deal with people's misuse of the platform, and also knowing that you built that would be really hard. So, R.I.P. Honestly, I'm kind of kind of somewhat surprised that it was still Me running. Me too. Um, Me too. Because it yeah. feels like really. Like it would be a nightmare to regulate, and obviously it was. Or moderate, I should say. Hmm. I met someone on Omegle, I don't know, obviously 2010 or 2011, um, and we added each other on Facebook, and it's been quite interesting because I've, obviously I've got no connection to this person whatsoever apart from seeing them on Omegle once yeah. upon a time. So I've been friends with them on Facebook since, I don't know, yeah, 2010, and I've watched them go through high school, finish high school, go through university, finish university, and now they work in in Canada. That's actually um, crazy. As a a geologist. Oh, my God. And you've never chatted Mm. to them again? You just watched each other's lives? No, not since – I think we may have chatted on Facebook a couple of times, but not not in any meaningful way since, I don't know, yeah, obviously like 2011 maybe. Yeah, it really – it is an end of an era, but I feel like our era of Omegle use, yeah, it was like 10 years ago at least, so – I'm surprised oh, yeah, too sure. that it's still on. Squish, 
I didn't actually know this next headline. I want you to break it to the people. Uh, yeah. So the this is about the bird of the century. For those of you who didn't catch the episode last week or haven't been on the internet or aren't from New Zealand and don't care, John Oliver, the American television host, I'm not sure if it's a late night sort of comedy show or whatever. And he's British, but he's it's in America. He decided to become the campaign manager for a bird in the New Zealand forest and bird uh, bird of the century competition. Um, he was campaign manager for the Putiki Tiki. He went hard. He went on Jimmy Fallon. There was billboards everywhere. Yeah. Um, as a surprise to probably no one, the Putiki Tiki won the New Zealand Bird of the Century competition. He hoped for the biggest landslide in the history of this magnificent competition, and he got that. So there were more than 350,000 people um, from 195 Holy countries fuck. that voted in the competition. There's only 195 countries in the world. One from every one. I don't think that can't be right. Every country in the world voted. Yeah, so the, this is possibly the most democratic election that's ever been. <laughs> if it happens. The Putiki Tiki claimed 290,000 of those 350,000 votes, so about 83%. Wow. So... And then who got second? Second place went to my number one, the North Island Brown Kiwi. Um, they received oh? 12,900 votes. Is that still 12,000? I feel like last year the winning bird only got like 3,000 votes or something. Yeah, well, the way you vote is it's basically like uh, ranked choice voting. So you vote for five. Oh, yeah. Yeah, got you. So yeah, second place was the North Island Brown Kiwi. Third place was the Kia. So a pretty good lineup, really. And... A really good turnout, everyone. Like, I feel like even though, obviously, landslide for the Putiki Tiki, this got more people than usual voting and hopefully, like, learning about New Zealand birds and con- conservation. Yeah, more people than usual by around 300,000. So the previous record for votes was uh, 56,000 when the... Oh, when the fucking bat Yeah, won. when the Pikachuroa won the bat. So obviously that was pretty controversial that year as well. I liked this quote from the Vote Kiwi campaign manager, Erin Riley. Uh, she said on your sub that he doesn't even like New Zealand, to be honest. Anytime we feature on his show, it's so he can laugh at us, which I feel like is pretty true. It is, because didn't he do that thing about how New Zealand's always left off the map? Left off the map. There was the thing about the dildo getting thrown at Stephen Joyce. All of these obviously deeply serious parts of New Zealand culture, and he's just laughing at them. So, I would also like say that it, it did feel like a bit of a piss take that he was doing this as well. Obviously, it was a piss take, but like... It did fit when he went on Jimmy Fallon dressed up as the bird. Do you know what I did appreciate though was the pronounce pronunciation yes. of Putiki Tiki and hearing him and Jimmy Fallon both saying it and saying it correctly. I don't know. I thought that was really cool, but it did feel like a piss take. It like, felt like a piss take. Yeah, apart from that, that was, that was pretty good. I was pretty impressed by that. Um, yeah. Obviously, the the people in New Zealand in Aotearoa, New Zealand, that say it's too hard. Well. If they can do it, then yeah, come on. Exactly. Exactly. Now, Squish, have you seen what is going on in the House of Commons? Oh, yeah, very briefly, but it's hard to keep up. <laughs> I've been They've wheeled out someone from <laughs> a couple of governments ago. Was it five or six or was it the last one? I don't know. There's been so many. I think there's been six. Oh, I, I, honestly, I, I do not know. Um, everyone, David Cameron has made a shocking return to UK government as the Foreign Secretary 
And Suella Braverman has been sacked. Now, if you don't know who any of these people are, that's okay. I will teach you because I don't usually follow stories like this, but... Now, the, the last political, the last UK political story that I was really involved, like, uh, not involved, uh, what's the word, engaged in, was the, the, the Liz Truss lettuce. Yes, and Boris Johnson's party game. Yeah, but I, honestly, I think the lettuce was probably more engaging for me. Yeah, that's true. So anyway, if you don't know who these people are, let me fill you in. David Cameron was um, a prime minister once of the UK, um, seven years ago, actually. Man, it really fuck, doesn't seem like seven years ago. feels like that. I know. So he left office in 2016 after losing the Brexit referendum. So essentially he campaigned for Britain to remain in the EU and then when the referendum happened and the vote leave camp won, David Cameron resigned immediately and has been out of politics ever since. Do you remember all that going down now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ended up being quite right about that. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, But apparently he did not leave the government in a good way. He did not leave the country in a good way. He's led to quite a few bad things that everyone's facing now, including cost of living crisis. The list goes on. Anyway, it's kind of crazy that he's back because he's actually not a lawmaker. So he's had to come back to government as an unelected member of Parliament's House of Lords, which is like, if that doesn't make sense to you, it's basically just not a normal way that people can get back Mm. into government. It's rare. It's prompted a lot of people to be like, well, it kind of feels like you're bending the rules to get David Cameron back in here. And you'd have to say, if you were a member of the House of Lords elected, You'd be like, are none of us good enough? Yeah. You'd be having a total imposter syndrome moment. Um, So anyway, this whole shake-up kind of was set off by the firing of Suella Braverman. Nick, do you know anything about this woman? No. She was the Home Secretary. She, The article that I read in the BBC about this said that she was divisive. Actually, she was kind of just awful. Um, she Yeah, she does seem like a, a genuinely awful person. Yeah, so she described pro-Palestinian marches as hate marches. She published an op-ed where she blamed the police for being soft on pro-Palestinian demonstra- demonstrators, which legally she's actually not allowed to do because she's not allowed to interfere in police operations and she's not allowed to be publishing op-eds anywhere without it being cleared by her boss, Rishi Sunak, who's the prime minister over there. And so when she published this, it was kind of like he had to fire her or he chose to fire her. She's then written him a really long letter, which I'm not going to read because it's just like political fucking... Because we're trying to be the best podcast in the world. Trying to be the best podcast in the world and we don't want to bore you. She also just another one of her, some other some more of her greatest hits. Um, She described asylum seekers coming to the UK on tiny boats as an invasion. And she said that people living in tents were making a lifestyle choice. So she, um, I think the UK or a lot of people in the UK were happy to see her as no longer being the home secretary. Um, But yeah, I think a lot of people were shocked to see David Cameron coming back 
as the foreign secretary, which is the country's top diplomat, and people are just kind of like, wow, he just like waltzed back on through the door of 10 Downing Street and into this huge job. Mm. So Boris Johnson's coming back next. Oh, What's God. he going to do? Let's hope not. And also I saw apparently people are saying like, I don't know how many people, but people are saying like, daddy's home, daddy's oh, home about David Cameron coming over. Oh, <laughs> I know. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. We're the best podcast in the world. So like we shouldn't be making you cringe like that. Squish, do you have a good news story for us to end on? Yeah. So Oxford Universities, and I love stories like this, have made a thrilling discovery by capturing video footage of Attenborough's longed beak echidna. So a species. this is a species once feared extinct. They uh, lost to science, I think is the technical term. Um, so they've got videos, and they've found them. They found a little little dude. So these are oh. spiky, furry creatures. They're kind of like a hedgehog with a long nose. This is good. This is good, because I was going to ask you, like, I can't really picture an echidna. Mm-hmm. So I saw a little video of it, like, rustling around, and it sticks its nose into holes and gets bugs and things, just like most other little animals. <laughs> they're often referred to as living fossils, and they're believed to have emerged around 200 million years ago, so that's quite a long time. Um, so these wow. little fellas, or phalluses, uh the Anbra's long-beaked echidna, were found on a recent expedition in Indonesia. So this was led by James, Dr. James Kempton. They not only recorded footage of this echidna in the Cyclops Mountains, which is a pretty cool name, it's like right on the border of Papua New Guinea and Indonesia. So quite a, an area of the world that I don't really think... It's quite rugged terrain, and I don't think politically yeah. it's... It's quite um, dangerous, yeah. I think it is a little bit dangerous. I think, I think it's very, like, moist as well. <laughs> it's not that comfortable to be in. Um... So, they, yeah, they found this echidna, and they also uh, found new species of insects and frogs. But they're not uh, named after Whoa. Sir David Attenborough, so they don't get airtime. A couple of other little facts. The Attenborough echidna is significant, significant for being one of the f- very few mammals that lay eggs. Ah, oh, like a platypus. Yeah, yeah, kind of like a platypus. And I said a couple of new facts, but that's really the only one. It's named after Sir David Attenborough. Why? Did he... I don't know. I'm not sure if he's got anything to do with it, but... <laughs> but they thought it would get good media? Good for these people, finding a fucking... Well, okay, that's actually something I think about, not often, but how do we know that everything's... Like, have we really checked everywhere? Yeah, but you can only, like, if no one's seen it in ages, like... True, true, and I guess, like, if you know what kind of places it can survive in and you look at all those places and... Anyway, okay, I'm stupid. They're still finding new shit in New Zealand, like little bugs and stuff. Yeah, didn't they name something after Jacinda Ardern? Though what they're finding are like tiny little things and like really niche little microclimates. I listened to something on RNZ about it recently. It's quite interesting. The Hemiandrus jacinda is an insect named after Jacinda Ardern. It's a new species of witter, huh. a giant flightless cricket. There we go, everyone. So that's you got two good news stories there. And good news for Squish is he can run off to work now. And good news for us is that you're all going to rate us five stars because... We are the best podcast in the world. Yeah. That's good news for everybody. Yeah. It's good news for everyone. Thank you for joining us. As usual, you can find us in the newsletter and we will link to anything we've mentioned in here in the show notes. Cool. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.